Extra, extra, you could read all about it. But let my boy PL tell you about it. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Welcome. 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 It's Wednesday, May the 5th, 2021, and you're listening to the Extra Point Show. Your host, Mr. P.L. Colt, is in the house and at your service. Happy Cinco de Mayo for everyone out there celebrating the holiday today. Make sure you do so responsibly, of course. Translation, call your ass a Uber or Lyft or a friend or a family member to come pick you up and drop you off. Don't drink and drive today. It's just not worth it. Um. Got a lot to get off my chest today in a short time to do it, so we're going to get right to it. If you've never heard me bang on LeBron James, then today is your episode. You need to sit tight (laughs) because we're going to be breaking new ground today. I got some stuff to get off my chest about one LeBron James. Also, I have some questions regarding the NFL and one team that I do beloved And I'm wondering what in the hell is going on in their front office. I got questions I need answers for. That's why I'm turning to you. I know you know your sports and you can talk me off the ledge because I'm on one today. Just to warn you, I am on one today. And we're going to close today's show um, by telling someone to... Say it with your chest! Yes, someone will be told today to say it with their chest don't be mumbling don't be stumbling open up your lungs and say it like a man say it with your chest we'll be doing that to close today's show but i want to start off today's show with a couple of shout outs uh for one shout out to carmelo anthony for passing elvin hayes for 10th all-time on the nba's scoring list so Carmelo Anthony sits alone in the top 10 of the the most prolific scorers in NBA history, and that's a feat to be proud of. Congratulations to you for that, Melo. Um, Also, I don't know if you saw this last weekend or not, but shout out to Mike Vick, who at the age of 40 ran a 4-7-40 time during last week's NFL draft coverage. A four seven forty at the age of forty, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> a four seven forty, wow! And it ain't like that. Uh, Michael Vick retired last season. He's been out of the league for a while now. So, um, for all of us weekend warriors, all of us shut in the house and and working from home and stuff. Hey, let's get out and get some cardio in. What do you think your forty time would be if you had to run one today? Can you get it done in under six seconds? I'm I'm not sure I could. <laughs> I might just <laughs> implode at 30 yards and explode at 35 yards. How about that? So that is very, very impressive by you, Mike Vick. Uh, stay in shape, stay in the game. Hey, stay that speedster that you've always been, especially on the infamous Madden that you were on the cover on, one of the most unstoppable players in the history of gaming systems outside of Bo Jackson on the old Tecmo Super Bowl while I digress. Now, on to some of my gripes and grievances and questions. Let's go back to last week's podcast when I asked the Lakers uh, a simple question. To play or to play in? 
to play or to play in. Now, let me be a little more specific with that in case you didn't hear it last week. To play LeBron James or to play in the play-in tournament, which a growing number of NBA superstars are becoming more begrudged with by the day, but we'll get into that here shortly. I asked a question last week because uh, at the time I was uh, doing a, a, a piece on the play-in tournament and the teams that were currently vying for the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th spot and how intriguing that um, development was becoming because of how closely stacked the teams were. Now, the Lakers, who were no part of that conversation a couple of weeks ago, hit a rough patch, losing 7 of 10 games and started plummeting down the Western Conference standings to the point to where, without LeBron James, they could have very well been in the spot that no one wants to be in. The play-in spot, where you don't have an automatic bid to the first round of the playoffs. So, we got our answer last Friday. LeBron James made his long-awaited return from his six-week six absence from his high ankle sprain. He returned last Friday night at home against the Kings. Missed a game winner um, that would have won the game at the buzzer, basically. Came back two nights later and got smoked by a... Um, a Toronto team that didn't even have their best scorer in Fred Van Fleet. It was one of their worst losses of the season. Toronto, as it stands now, are so many games under 500 that they shouldn't even be in the conversation. So after the Sunday's game, uh, uh, a clearly agitated LeBron James goes to his post-game press conference, and because of what he said, he was immediately eviscerated by the fans and the media for the next several days. So if you've been under a rock or you're just getting out of jail on warrants, welcome back into society. But what happened, just paraphrasing here in a nutshell, LeBron James basically was talking about his health and um, or lack thereof because he did sit the remaining six minutes of that loss to Toronto, not saying that that would have changed the outcome of the game because they were getting smoked the entire game from the second quarter on. So I digress there. But LeBron started talking about you know, his health, and, and it really doesn't matter whether they fall fifth, sixth, or in the dreaded playing tournament, because if he's not healthy, it doesn't matter. That part is true. But you know how we do here at the Extra Point. We love to bring receipts, and apparently the entire world on social media decided to as well with LeBron James, because it was just last year at the bubble when LeBron James was praising the playing tournament when his team wasn't in it. When he was sitting up there in the catbird seat at the at the number one spot, he said, oh, this will be very intriguing with all of these teams in the play-in. And it was. And and I, I agree. I, I'm a fan of the play-in tournament. That's just um, my, my thoughts on that. Um, but my thing is people are mad at the wrong things. Now, of course, he was killed for talking out of both sides of his of his mouth regarding the, the playing tournament where people pulled quotes, tweets, sound bites from him praising it the year before, and now all of a sudden the person who came up with this idea deserves to be fired, and that brought about a whole other conversation because if the king says it, then it becomes worldwide front-page news, and so the debate about the um, you know the playing tournament going forward it has been hotly contested all week. I get that. But my thing is, 
people missed what what should have been the the thing that drew the most ire. And I caught it and I immediately was like, uh uh-uh, uh, hold up, wait a minute. Now, in that same press conference where LeBron James was banging on the, the playing tournament, and wrongfully so, because he did come off hypocritical, I give you that for you non LeBron James fans. I give you that one. That was hypocritical. But that's not where the ire is. Not for me. My ire comes at, at something that he said prior to that. He was talking about his health and he was saying, I'm not 100% and I probably probably won't be ever again. I had to pause there for effect because that was me staring at the TV like, really, LeBron? Are you the king or not? Huh? Are you the king or not? Because if you're no longer the king, then then pass your crown over to Giannis or or Nikola Jokic or KD or or one of the younger players like Luca. Go ahead and pass the crown down if you're no longer the king. Because I'm not having this. I'm not buying this. I'm not I'm not going into this changing of the narrative. Now remember, there was no LeBron James prior to his injury was in the 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 front the the front runner for this year's MVP. The team was rolling along. They beating people's heads in. He's on there talking about he should have six or seven MVPs and that he was coming after this one. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago when he said a, a storm is coming? Remember that? that? Letting everybody know that he's about to come back and dominate? He comes out and looks like crap for two games, and now all of a sudden you want to change the narrative to I'll probably not be 100% ever again? Uh-uh, you don't get to do that. You don't get to, to, to do this age and health thing and play it both ways. One of the reasons, LeBron, that you're still considered the king is because you are still playing at an extremely high level at the age of 36, 18 years in the league. You can't go and turn around and use that as a crutch as well. Like, well, you know, I won't be 100% probably anymore in, in my career to, to, like, lower our standards for what we expect from you in the playoffs this year. Oh, hell no. You don't get to, to play that both ways. You don't. Either you're the king or you're not the king. Joel Embiid, um, MVP candidate, has missed several games due to injury. Do you hear him talking about hedging his playoff success with, with his numerous injuries? No. He's talking about being the MVP, being the number one seat, and winning the whole damn thing. The Brooklyn Nets, James Harden, um, and, and Kevin Durant have missed multiple games. Harden is still out. KD has been in and out of the lineup the entire season. Have you heard KD say, well, I mean, it's my Achilles probably never be back to 100%, but, you know, you know, trying to lower the our, our expectations. No, he hadn't mentioned a word about that. He sits out when, when he's required to sit, and when he's on the court, he's being the most efficient player on the planet right now, dropping bombs on people's head, dropping 30 and 40 a night. That's how he's getting down and doing it on a minimal amount of shots. That's just how that rolls. You don't get to do that. There's other players that have been injured as well. Kawhi Leonard just came back from a foot injury. Nobody's hedging the Clippers' bets on his health. If you set foot out there on that court, LeBron James, we expect you to dominate. We expect you to be the king, and if you're no longer the king, then pass over your crown. You don't get to 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 say, oh, well, LeBron was hurt, so if they lose – uh, somehow in the playing tournament and miss it all together, it was because of his foot. No, it's because you were outplayed on the court.
in this truncated, shortened 72-game season, a lot of teams have had to deal with injuries. Hell, we just got Jaron Jackson Jr. back after a whole year. He got hurt in the bubble last year, and he's just now trying to get his way back into playing shape. We can't use that as an excuse if the whole time he's been gone, we've been hovering around the eighth seed. So if we fall out to 11 in these last eight, nine games, we can't. there's nobody for us to blame. You just didn't get it done on the court. And something tells me that if LeBron had to hit that game winner, he would have followed up with, the storm is here. I told y'all the storm was coming, and now the storm is here. You know good and damn well that LeBron James would have used that to, to bolster his case as the greatest of all time, hitting the game winner after being off for six weeks. And if they had a swept the Kings and the Toronto Raptors, I really do believe that he would not be missing any more games. Now, to catch you up, after he missed missed the game winner and then on Sunday got ran out of the, the Staples Center by Toronto, now he's deciding to take some more time off because he's just not there. Um, I get that. And if you want to be prideful and sit out the rest of the regular season and finish in the eighth spot or the ninth spot and um, and, and take your chances that way, fine. But if you're the king, I don't want to hear nothing about no damn injuries. If This is the way I would approach it, and I would expect a king, someone who calls themselves the chosen one, someone who calls themselves the greatest of all time. This is how I would expect him to conduct himself in a press conference after a tough loss. Y'all, I told y'all the storm was coming. I didn't say the storm was here yet. Be patient. It's heading your way. And... As far as the play-in, I don't give a damn about no play-in tournament. Whether I'm the number one seed or the eighth seed or the tenth seed, I treat every game like it's game seven of the NBA Finals. That's just the way I do it. I treat every game like it's win or go home. So you can put me in the most pressure-cooked situations. Look, I came back from three, one down against a 72-win Golden State team. This is no pressure. I've been under pressure. I've performed under pressure. I swept those three games. None of these teams, with all due respect to Memphis and and to Portland and to San Antonio and New Orleans and Golden State, they're not the 73-win Warriors from 2015. What, what, What am I scared about? If I go out there hobbled on one leg, then I expect to get it done. What the hell are you talking about, LeBron? Nobody's trying to hear that. No, nobody's trying to hear that. And I'm not going to let you try to subconsciously lower the bar so that I go out there and start defending you. And you know that I'm one of his most staunch defenders. It's like his mama, Savannah, uh, Junior them, and then me. But I'm not defending you on that. If I'm going to go out here on, on the airwaves and call you the GOAT over Michael Jordan, then I'm holding you to GOAT status. Michael Jordan didn't hold a press conference before the flu game. In 90, what, seven? Or was that 98? It was one of the times against Utah. He didn't He didn't do that. I think it was 97. He didn't hold a press conference hedging the game's outcome on him having food poison, although we know he was just hungover from hanging out at the, at the casino, but I digress. Um, he didn't make any excuses. He didn't try to hedge his bets. He just went out there and did his thing. And if you're supposed to be the GOAT, if you're supposed to be King James, that's what I expect from you. I don't want to hear nothing about no damn ankle injury. I mean, uh, your boy, uh, KD's coming back from an Achilles tear, okay? Where his career was literally on the line stopping LeBron. 
stop it. Now you're now you're starting to feed into why people call you a crybaby. <laughs> Quit crying. It, it, like do whatever you do, do it with a swagger. If you're gonna come back and fight through the injury at less than a hundred percent, then when you step on the floor, we're gonna expect you to perform at a king's level. And if you decide to sit out because you don't want to chance that, then just do that. Sit out and take your chances in the playing tournament. But all that other narrative changing stuff, nope. Nope, we're not doing it. Uh-uh. If you're the king, put your damn crown on, lace up your shoes, and go out there and defend your championship like a true soldier, like a true warrior. We're not giving you no passes. And I'm, I'm sure he's looking around the, the, the landscape of the NBA like, damn, look at Brooklyn. Man, hell, even Dallas is beating us now. And no disrespect to Dallas. Um... But they're losing the teams like the Kings, who's out of it, trying to tank. And, and Come on, man. Nah. Just say we played like crap. I will be back. The storm is still on the horizon, and you all will see. I've been in, in bigger pressure-packed situations than a damn playing tournament, where at worst-case scenario, I get two chances to earn the AFC. Excuse me, two chances to earn the AFC. This isn't even like game seven. So now nah, we don't want to hear you crying about nobody need to be fired for coming up with this play in tournament. No, no, you don't get no preferential treatment. If, if all these other cats got to get out there and play on a truncated schedule and manage their bodies accordingly, damn it. You do too. Especially if you're supposed to be the best in the business. The hell he talking about. Uh, uh, LeBron, not this time. New. All right. Um, on to some NFL because I'm not through ranting. I'm just getting started, actually, because the Tennessee Titans are starting to get on my damn nerves. Can I just say that? Can I be transparent with you on the on the the podcast? Can I be a little bit more transparent with you? Can I be a little bit more of a fan with you on the podcast side of things than than live radio? Because I feel like in this more intimate set, uh, setting, I can be a little more truthful with you. And, and that's what I plan to do because you know I bleed Titan blue. You know I do. I'm two-tone Titan blue from head to toe, and that's just how that's going to be. But there's a, a, um, a situation that's brewing that's got me troubled, and it's got me thinking, what in the hell is going on with the Titans front office? Now, I'm going to read you an excerpt from an article written by Titans beat writer uh, Teron Davenport, an excellent, excellent football insider. I trust his work. Um, he says, and this was on um, Monday, he says, Tennessee Titans fourth round pick Rashad Weaver has been charged by the Pittsburgh Police Department with one count of simple assault in connection to an incident that occurred on April 20th, I'm sorry, April 18th at 2.28 a.m. According to the police report, officers found a woman lying on the ground surrounded by a group of people on South 17th Street. Weaver was not at the scene when police arrived. However, one witness account said that Weaver punched the woman. Another witness said that she saw the woman fall to the ground but did not see Weaver punch her. The woman didn't have any injury consistent with the punch to the head according to the criminal complaint filed by the officer, which is... Um, Officer Anderson O'Kelly. This was on Friday, meaning last Friday. O'Kelly followed up the, with the woman 
and she told him that she went to the Ohio Valley Hospital on April 22nd because she was vomiting. The complainant said that the woman was diagnosed with a concussion at the hospital. The incident stems from an argument that Weaver and the woman got into at the bar. Weaver told officers who separated the two at the bar that the woman threw a drink on him while they were arguing. The woman told police that she spilled her drink on Weaver. Um, also of note in this, the officer that was there on the scene, he says, and this is, he said, he said, he said that Weaver stated that, that he'll knock a woman out, and I'm paraphrasing, if she deserves it. Like he has no problems putting a woman in her physical place like he would a man. That's hearsay, um, and that's alleged. Let me make sure I say alleged with all of this because the preliminary hearing is not scheduled until October the 5th when the league is already, um, the new, new, new league season is already underway. Now, check this out. According to the Tennessee Titans, they made a statement on Monday that said, we were made, of the, we were made aware of the news this morning. We obviously take this seriously and are in the process of gathering details and working with the league. Let's stop right there. We were made aware of the news this morning. We obviously take this seriously and are in the process of gathering details and working with the league. Let that marinate in your spirit for a second. I got so many questions about this one statement from the Tennessee Titans. This got me on fire today. First of all, do you obviously take this seriously as far as um, violence against women committed by male perpetrators? Do you actually take this seriously? Because here at the Extra Point, we do provide receipts. You do know that, right? Well, of course you know that. Um, In 2019, you drafted Jeffrey Simmons in the first round. First round pick, I believe he was the 19th overall pick of the draft. And at that time, there was video and news that came out about him beating up a woman himself while he was in high school. He was charged, whatever. Now, the, the details are, are a bit murky because this regarding a woman that was jumping on his mama and all of this kind of stuff. I know that, that, that when you start messing with mama, you know, things can escalate rather quickly and that he was basically defending his mother. But the fact is he beat that old lady up and the Titans had to answer questions for that. There were, there was, there, it was a lot to do about that. I remember at the time because I was in Nashville for that draft. So that was a big news story coming out of that. Now, as far as Simmons goes, his keys kept his nose clean the entire time that he's been in the league and has been a, a pretty good player for the Titans, but that's just, that let's stop with the obviously we take this seriously because you had that information out there and you still drafted him even while being injured with an ACL injury to his knee. So let's stop with that. Um, anybody remember um, Isaiah Wilson from last year? Let me sum up Isaiah Wilson's tenure with the Tennessee Titans and he was picked with the, uh, with the 29th pick of the first round last year. Isaiah Wilson had more run-ins with the law in Tennessee than career snaps played for the Titans. Let me say that again. He had more run-ins with the law than career snaps played in Tennessee. He had four snaps. He played four snaps, not games. He played four snaps for the Tennessee Titans and had five brushes 
with the law, never got on the field, took that signing bonus money and ran, and now I think he's trying to be a damn rapper. Singing auto-tune, sounding like a fake-ass T-Pain. And then he got traded to Miami in the offseason, and Miami, uh, uh, they um, caught footage of him standing on top of cars, making it rain with some scandalous-looking women, and they cut him. He's out of the league. You invested all of the resources with your scouting department and, and, and your front office to vet this guy, and none of y'all had any clue that he didn't care anything about football and that he was a loose cannon. Nobody could nobody could find that out. Nobody could talk to a family member, a coach, a confidant. Nobody? Nobody saw this coming? Okay. So with these two being the, the, the backdrop, it's really hard for me to give um, Rashad Weaver the benefit of the doubt, even if this is this alleged incident uh, is not true. At this point, it doesn't even matter if the young lady is telling the truth or not about Mr. Weaver. And let me give you an illustration to that. You're a parent. You should be able to rock with this. Let's say that your, your child brings a kid home for dinner one day and you catch the kid stealing something out of your home you catch them like you walk in on them you know taking something or, or or stealing something and they walk on out the house with it and you go to your child and say hey such and such i just caught them with my own two eyes stealing and um we're gonna need to take care of this and you go through whatever natural uh, progressions of parenting that you go through to get that issue resolved okay that's a one-off cool okay the following summer you've let that go you've moved on with your life you and your child are back fine you know how it is with with children you, you know there's always something new but you keep on loving them and you forgive forget and move on okay a year passes they bring another friend over to the house and you catch that friend stealing something from the house now at this point it's no longer about the child and and the stealing now it's about your decision making as the child, because as a parent, then you're like, wait a minute, this is bigger than, than people stealing. Who the hell are you hanging with? And why are you hanging with thieves? What What is going on with your decision making process? How, how are these people able to dupe you into into befriending them, bringing them here for them to steal shit out of my house? Like the whole conversation moves towards the child and their decision making process now. And that's where I am with the Tennessee Titans. Whether Rashad Weaver did this or not is irrelevant to me now, right now. Not irrelevant as far as as that I don't take these things seriously because I do. I have a mother. I have a sister. I have women friends that I cut for like that. Um, but at this point, I'm looking at you, John Robinson, general manager of the Tennessee Titans. I'm looking at your scouting department. I'm looking at your security team, your vetting system. You're going to dump millions and millions of dollars into these players' hands, and you you always seem to be the last one to know that they're a bad guy. Oh, with Jeffrey Simmons, you tried to slide that under the radar. Okay, we forgive, we forget, we moved on. Isaiah Wilson, you have no recourse for that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the Isaiah Wilson deal should have made you even overly cautious and prudent when vetting your players. Now, if you ask the Tennessee Titans, they say that the lawsuit, I mean, the, the, the actual criminal complaint was filed on last Friday 
while the player was drafted on Saturday, so they wouldn't have had time to know. But according to Paul Karharski, who's followed and covered the team for the better part of the last 10 to 15 years, he said he personally reached out to five different teams' scouting departments, and three of those teams confirmed that they knew about this incident with Weaver. Now, are they telling the truth? Are they not telling the truth? If you're a Tennessee Titans fan, you believe them. Because obviously there are some holes in the practices of vetting and, and doing background checks if you're the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, we don't want to be the Oakland Raiders of the 70s. We don't want to be the, the, the Cowboys that was signing all those crappy players and, and the, the guy who threw his girlfriend on the bed of guns and they still wasn't winning no championships and still bringing in these salacious characters. Like, no. We've been we've been able to to keep a pretty clean nose throughout the league, and now I'm starting to wonder what the hell is going on with you, uh, John Robinson. Are you just looking the other way because you're so thirsty for a championship ring? And and, and need I remind you all that Amy Adams Strunk is the owner of the Tennessee Titans. That is a woman. How does that look having a woman owner sitting in the owner's meetings with a with 31 other males looking at you like, oh, you like to see women get their head bashed in, huh? Oh, you tolerate that anything for you to get that first Super Bowl, huh, Amy? That's got to be embarrassing. And if and, and you know, I'm no soothsayer, but I'm willing to imagine that she called him and cussed that ass out. <laughs> John, what are you doing? What is going on here? Why can't we get this? together now if three of those teams and they may be telling the truth they may not be telling the truth maybe one of those teams is pittsburgh and they had feet on the ground locally they can go and dig into this but you're a billion dollar organization with with resources beyond our wildest dreams and and you can't find this out my sister stephanie denise Coulter, if i gave her uh, twenty dollars on through cash app and and forty eight hours, she can get me to drop on any girl that I that I uh, bring home. Just let me know where she went to school. Let me know if she got a criminal record. Like, <laughs> do we need some women on the team on the scouting team? <laughs> Let's get a whole bunch of women that's been cheated on and, and put them in the scouting report because they know when a man is lying. Now, if Weaver tried to slip this past you with him along with his agent, then you're going to have a decision to make uh, Tennessee and John Robinson and coach Mike Vrabel, because I was just gushing the other day on, on the last podcast of how Weaver was a great pick because he failed to us at number four. When hell now I'm starting to see why he fell. Like, come on, man, Tennessee. Come on now. Like, let's not, let's not do that. Let's, Let's not do that. And even more so than the player, because, again, I'm hoping that this alleged incident, there's more to it and it's not what it said, because even if the lady's lying, I'd rather her be a liar than for her to be the victim of of an assault by a football player who could probably cave her dome in. Like, like I don't want that for her. I'd rather her be a liar than the victim of assault from a big old grown man. You know, but... Whether he did it or not, like, dang, Tennessee, like the trust factor is starting to wane a little bit. We're not the Cowboys. That's not how we do business. And has that worked for them the last 25 years? 
one can argue, and it's really not even an argument, but one can can validate that the Tennessee Titans have been more successful than the Cowboys since they came to Nashville in 1999. We've been to four, what, AFC Championship games, went to a Super Bowl, you know, won multiple playoff games. Derrick Henry runs for another 2,000 yards. And A.J. Brown uh, continues his ascent up the ladder of the NFL's elite wide receivers. And that the defense is able to get off the field this year and we're able to repeat as AFC South champions. Because the second we start losing, things like this are gonna, going to become further highlighted. Winning cures all evils. It's the great deodorant. I agree. And when the season starts, I'll be back to the business of winning. But what the hell is going on with this? What the hell? <laughs> what is going on with that? And now, it's time for me to tell someone to... Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's own Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to need you to say it with your chest. Stop all this mumbling. Stop all of these leaks. Stop all of this. You know what? Let me start from the top. So now we're at the point to where Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are are on the verge of a divorce citing, um, you know, what, uh, irreconcilable differences maybe? Now, The team had already told you last year that you weren't in their future when they moved up in the draft to take your replacement in Jordan Love. They they told you that you weren't in their future when they didn't offer you a contract extension in the offseason, not just moving guaranteed money to the front, but a real extension, four or five years with some guaranteed money. You're not going to be one of the five highest paid players, not while you're wearing that cheese yellow and green. They're not going to do that. Oh, and by the way, they're not going to trade you either if you listen to the latest reports from their front office. So what does Aaron Rodgers do? He starts sneaking around and and leaking stuff through the media, trying to win a, a PR battle when he has no leverage to move other than to just retire. So what I need you to do, um, Aaron Rodgers, stop wasting everybody's time and just hold you a press conference here uh, soon and say, look, this is the situation. You're not hearing it from Adam Schefter. You're not hearing it from Stephen A. Smith. You're not hearing it from any football insiders, no ESPN, no NFL Network, or nothing. This is me looking right into the camera saying that I will no longer play for the Green Bay Packers. If they don't trade me by such and such a date, I will retire, period. There's nothing left for me to say. The ball is now in Green Bay's court. I am not returning to them. Either trade me or I retire and go and host Jeopardy on the West Coast. And you have until this date to do so. Therefore, there's no more talking. There's no more questions. There's no more segments about you. There's no more leaking confidential information to the media to try to win some kind of public relations war with a team that has you under contract. And that therefore, if you're Green Bay, either you trade him or you let him retire. I need you to pull an MJ, um, Aaron Rodgers. 
Because Michael Jordan said it with his chest in 98. He said, look, if y'all don't bring back Phil Jackson, I will not play for you anymore. I won't. Now, Jerry Krause, the, the GM for for Chicago, he dug in his heels and said that Phil Jackson will not be the coach anymore, and if Jordan decides to leave because of that, that's his decision. They both said it with their chest. They both stuck to their guns. Um, the The team moved on with a new coach, and Michael Jordan retired. Just that simple. Like, Brett Favre, I'm sick of all of this. Well, uh, Terry Bradshaw called you weak. Well, uh, now uh, Aaron Rodgers has been sending out group texts talking about the GM calling him Jerry Krause. Oh, and now it's this. And now all of them, and stop all of that high school stuff. Say it with your chest. You don't want to be in Green Bay no more. Give them a date. Give them a line of demarcation of, of, of what's going down. Or it's you up out of there. And up out of there being by retiring and stick to it and mean it. Barry Sanders ain't look back. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> I'ma holler at you. So while you're doing all of that funny stuff, Aaron Rodgers, make sure you say it with your chest. Make sure you say it with your chest. That's all I got for you today. Look forward to talking to you later on in the week. I want you to have a blessed week, a prosperous week, and to do your thing. It's your man, Mr. P.L. Coulter. I am out. Peace. Extra, extra, you could read all about it. But let my boy P.L. tell you about it. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point.